welcome to Her Natural Potential Podcast. This is the place where we help driven women get healthier, wealthier, and stronger. I'm your host, Nikki Cork, a registered holistic nutritionist and transformation coach, and I'm going to show you how to level up your nutrition, health, and mindset so you can start living life at your full potential. Good morning. Good morning. Today is going to be a little bit more of a sciencey deep dive, but I think it's going to be really insightful for a lot of you women, specifically just understanding your body a little bit better. The topic today, we're going to be diving into estrogen. Now, estrogen is kind of known as like the female hormone. So even though males have it, it's going to be more kind of prominent for females. And it's going to be the hormone that's going to be produced in our ovaries, right? That's why we have higher amounts. And it's largely associated with puberty and your reproductive cycle. um, And then obviously fertility and everything and having a baby, but it can affect so many other things. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. It's not just about your reproductive system. It can really have massive impacts on even your bone health, right? So low or like decreasing estrogen levels for a lot of women as they age can also kind of result in weaker bones, right? And osteoporosis, but also from bone health, to emotional well-being, right? If our estrogen's over the place, so they're too high or too low, it really affects our mood. It affects our energy levels. It affects how we feel. And that, of course, affects everything else around us. And this is, again, where oftentimes women will have certain symptoms when it comes to these imbalances with estrogen. And they're going to be more prominent and show up a lot with different phases of our cycle. Because unfortunately, <laughs> women are really complex, right? Unlike males who have a lot of their hormones kind of fluctuate and cycle on like a 24 hour cycle. Women not only have these natural cycles with their hormones day to day and throughout the day, but also throughout the month, right? So depending on the phase of our menstrual cycle, certain hormones are supposed to be higher and lower. And so optimal balance is a very complex thing for women because we're not just navigating how those hormones fluctuate in 24 hours, but also how those hormones fluctuate in a month, right? And in each of those phases. And so again, this will show up in our body with certain signs and symptoms that the there is something off. And a lot of the times if we pay attention to our body and we listen to our body, we notice these things. But unfortunately, a lot of people are very disconnected from their body. And they don't realize a lot of their day-to-day struggles are actually their body asking for some support. And so again, today we're going to talk about how high and low estrogen is going to kind of show up for ourselves, certain signs and symptoms associated with that, possible root causes for why those hormones are going to be imbalanced. And then of course, things that you can do to better support your body, because again, I want you to feel amazing every single day. I want you to feel amazing throughout your cycle. I want you to have energy and a good mood and also just be very connected with your body, right? It is so empowering as a woman to understand your hormones and understand your body. And so today, let's dive into estrogen. It is so sad how little we are taught growing up. 
and as a woman about her hormones and about her body and about like these different things that we actually have so much power to improve and support. And so again, talking about estrogen specifically, we can have two types of hormonal imbalances, right? It can either be too high or too low. And so when it comes to high estrogen, high estrogen can be in relation to high amounts of estrogen, or it can be estrogen dominance in relation to low progesterone levels. So progesterone is another common sex hormone that you're going to be kind of running into as a female that's going to be fluctuating a lot throughout your cycle. And again, has massive, massive impacts when it comes to how you feel. And so a lot of times women will be dealing with low progesterone. And again, that's going to be another topic. Today we're talking, diving into estrogen, but I just do want to highlight the fact that sometimes we will be dealing with estrogen dominance where our estrogen levels are actually good, right? They're normal, they're adequate, but because our progesterone is so low, our estrogen is still dominant all throughout our cycle and stuff and when it should not be, right? So again, high estrogen can refer to high estrogens or just high estrogen in relation to progesterone. So estrogen dominance. Now, causes, potential causes, why you could be estrogen dominant, right? And unfortunately, another thing a lot of people aren't paying attention to, and that's going to be a lot of those endocrine disrupting chemicals. So items such as like BPA, BHA, paraffins, and also pesticides, right? So a lot of these chemicals that are in our like care, like our beauty products or our skincare or our cleaning products, right? Or even in our food. And so we're getting exposed and taking a lot of these kind of like estrogen mimickers and stuff. And so this is again, where these chemicals can really disrupt our endocrine system and therefore to contribute to these hormonal imbalances. Now, another potential cause to estrogen dominance too is high levels of stress, right? This is kind of more directed to low progesterone levels because stress, right? High levels of stress can decrease progesterone levels and you're not going to ovulate the same way. And so that's again, where you can have estrogen dominance due to high levels of stress and chronic stress. Now, another kind of big contributor to high high estrogens or estrogen dominance is going to be poor gut health or poor liver health right? This is again, really affecting your body's ability to detox excess estrogens. And so that's where, again, it's really important to pay attention to your gut health, pay attention to your liver, because that's going to really improve and support proper detoxification and optimal hormonal balance, right? So it's kind of this domino effect. If you have these major issues that are unaddressed for a prolonged period of time, Now, symptoms. How do you know if you could be dealing with high estrogen levels, right? And so common symptoms that your body will kind of show you and have um, can include bloating, right? Weight gain, irregular menstrual cycles, right? Hair loss, decreased libido and sex drive, mood swings, right? How many of you are listening to this and you're like, oh, oh, (laughs) that's me, right? Mood swings, anxiety, panic attacks, headaches even, right? fatigue, drowsiness, those types of things, right? So those can actually be signs and symptoms of hormonal imbalances in ways that your body is like, hey, something's off, right? I need some support. 
So again, paying attention to these things. And like when I'm working with my clients too, yes. And again, we're going to dive into testing later on. Yes, you can do testing and there are certain tests that are going to be kind of more insightful than others. And there's different things that you can do when it comes to figuring out if you are dealing with certain hormonal imbalances or the severity of hormonal imbalances. But for the most part, right, you can really just listen to the body and pick up on these signs and symptoms. And like, it's amazing if you start actually understanding like how certain things show up in the body, right? Where it's like, kind of like, if this is off, these are the signs and symptoms. And you can really kind of review things and analyze things and almost work a little bit kind of like intuitively with the body. Because again, a lot of people don't realize it's always giving you feedback. It's always telling you how nourished you are, how, like how, where your hormones are at, right? How stressed you are. And there are certain things in terms of your energy, your mood, your sleep, your strength, your recovery, your cravings, your hunger, right? Even your skin, like all of these different things are actually feedback from the body. And again, really learning how to listen to your body better and understand your body and kind of be able to pick up on these things again are going to be really helpful because you can kind of see and like be like, okay, what things are off. And also like, it's usually not just one thing, right? Usually it's a variety of things and really kind of seeing what that symptomatology is typically kind of indicating, right? And again, noticing where the body is needing some support and to what degree and what severity too. And again, reviewing and analyzing your habits, your nutrition, and just like your overall lifestyle and stuff. And then kind of seeing like, what are those areas for improvement and better supporting your body? And there's so much that people can do. It's like, you don't have to be suffering through your menstrual cycle, right? You don't have to be suffering with issues with your weight or constant like digestive issues, right? Or these constant mood swings. Oftentimes there's so much that we can often do that a lot of people aren't even like tapping into that. So again, I want to show you some examples and just some more insight specifically talking about estrogen today. Now, again, getting back into balance, right? If we're like, Hey, our estrogen seems to be very dominant. (laughs) I'm dealing with a lot of these different symptoms. I do have high levels of stress. I do have poor gut health. I do have poor liver health. I'm also using all these different chemicals and toxins on a regular basis, right? What can you do to better support your body and bring those estrogen levels back in balance, right? Making simple lifestyle changes that are going to better support your body. Now, number one, if you are dealing with a lot of weight and stuff and a lot of weight gain and like un, uh, not unnecessary, but like unwanted weight gain and stuff and to a point where it is kind of obesity or it is just not healthy. This is again, paying attention to this because a lot of people don't realize that when we have a really high body fat percentage and we have a lot of body fat too, those fat cells actually store a lot of estrogens too, and also can produce estrogen. So this is a, where it can get really challenging if you are holding on to a lot of like unwanted weight, unhealthy weight. And then again, dealing with these hormonal balances and sometimes really working on improving your body composition, right? This is again, where is makes a massive, massive difference to really kind of help balance your hormones better. And a lot of people don't realize that. And this is again, where doing in a way that is not going to stress the body out and why building lean muscle mass is so, so important specifically for women, not just for looking good, not just for your physique, right? For actual health and getting those hormones back in balance, helping you feel a lot better, right? Really supporting your body too. Because again, as we talked about, 
where if we are having trouble, right, if we have really high amounts of estrogen and we're having really like a lot of trouble detoxing those excess estrogens due to poor gut health or liver health or stuff, or just the fact there's just so much coming through the pipeline, right? Then because levels are so, so high, this can be a burden on the body. This can overburden the liver and this can be a stress too. And so again, making sure we are wanting to optimize body fat percentage in a way for optimal health, but also in a way that isn't going to add stress because another key, key part to getting the body back in balance, right. And specifically not just um, helping with estrogen dominance, but also with proper ovulation and like proper progesterone levels, is working on your stress management, really paying attention to your levels of cortisol, your levels of stress. So looking at that and really kind of wanting to like, again, support your stress and your stress and managing your stress properly. Um, Because high levels of cortisol can really contribute to excess estrogens. And then they can also contribute to low progesterone levels, right? So really important to pay attention to that. Now, third thing that you can do to really kind of help support the body and get the body back in balance is obviously eating a healthy diet, right? So this is where really paying attention to just reducing a lot of those like ultra processed foods, those foods that are going to be contain a lot of additives and fillers and chemicals and like toxins and stuff, but also really focusing on those natural whole foods because they're going to be oftentimes more nutrient dense. They're also a lot of foods too, if you're kind of focusing on like a lot of veggies and even like fruit and stuff, um, or a lot of like whole grains, then this is where really paying attention to having a high fiber diet is really important as well. So minimizing processed sugars, right. Can really support your liver, can really support your health. And then also making sure we do have enough adequate fiber into our diet to again, help with detox and help remove a lot of those excess estrogens from the body. Um, And then number four, (laughs) another fourth reason, again, don't hate me for saying this. It's just, it's just facts, right? But limit your alcohol intake. Again, like I don't want to demonize alcohol, but of course we know, right? It does put a bit of a burden on our liver, right? It is a toxin in the body. And so that doesn't mean a healthy functioning liver can properly detox alcohol, but also most people unfortunately have a very overburdened liver already. And so this kind of adds to it. And so if we're dealing with these hormonal imbalances and we're, we're struggling with proper detox and we're also having all of these other toxins that are constantly coming into our body's environment and stuff, like just limit your alcohol intake or reduce your alcohol intake. Because again, it's like, why put that additional stress on the body and that additional burden on the body? And again, it's crazy what a difference it can make for a lot of people. If you're drinking on a regular basis, and excluding that, it helps significantly with not just helping the body be able to get your hormones back in balance, but also being able to do it substantially quicker, right? Because again, if you're just throwing things down the pipeline at the body and you're at your liver and stuff, it can be really challenging to really kind of get things back in balance and kind of get ahead of it, if that makes sense. Now, and of course, not just alcohol intake, right? But also reducing your exposure to toxins. Now, this is going to be pretty much impossible in today's environment to completely eliminate toxins. And that doesn't necessarily mean that having exposure to toxins is going to be detrimental on the body, right? There are going to be tons of toxins. Toxins doesn't necessarily mean it is 
a negative or a bad thing. And our body is fairly equipped to be able to properly deal with toxins and detox. However, really paying attention to what you're being exposed to. And again, trying to reduce it as much as possible, because unfortunately we have so much constantly getting thrown at our body. And again, making it really difficult for your body to kind of keep up with things. So this is again, really paying attention to your skincare products, your cleaning products, your beauty care products, really paying attention to the quality of your foods, right? Like if you can, especially for certain foods, like I'm not like even myself, Like I don't buy every single thing organic, right? Because sometimes it's really hard to find or it's just extremely overpriced or it's like just not available and stuff. And so this is again, where like, if like still looking for areas in your nutrition and in your diet, where you can reduce that exposure to toxins, it doesn't mean you have to go all out, buy everything, fear non-organic food or anything like that, but like review, do you like a little audit of your day to day and of the items you can and try to make some positive changes where you can, right? And if you're looking for, if you're like, Hey, I can't afford buying everything organic, right? That's fine. There is, I believe it's called the environmental workers group or something. I forget what the actual actual name is. I can link it in the comments and stuff, but they do a list every single year. It's called the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. And so this is, again, if you're looking for a little bit of a cheat sheet when it comes to like organic produce, what they do is they share the list of the cleanest 15 foods, like pieces of produce um, that are often lowest in toxins, lowest in pesticides, because either where they're grown or they're, they're coating in their skin, they're really protective or they just don't absorb too much. Right. So again, a little bit of a cheat sheet there. And we are like, okay, well, if like these are often clean naturally, then maybe these are the ones that I'm not going to buy organic. Right. If I want to save some money. However, the dirty dozen, as you can probably guess, they're usually contain a lot of toxins, a lot of pesticides. And so they're pretty dirty foods. And so they're for two, if you have to choose specifically and be like, okay, I, I like, I can't afford all organic food, right. Then maybe avoiding those dirty dozen or making sure those dirty dozen are going to be organic. And so are limiting how much you eat of those as well. So again, simple solutions like that can help reduce that exposure to toxins. A lot of times people are like, oh, I have to go like to these extremes. And it's like, no, just start making small steps today. Find one thing right today. Maybe it's as simple as changing your laundry detergent or changing your dish soap or your cleaning care products or investing in more natural makeup and finding different products that are going to just help support your body and reducing your exposure specifically to a lot of those xenoestrogens, right? So those are going to be a lot of those environmental estrogens that can really disrupt your endocrine system and can throw things off balance, right? And so again, it's like we're there's so much to it. So a lot of plastics as well can be kind of containing them. So again, really paying attention to what you're storing your food in or where you're buying your food in. And also you can also other things that you can do, of course, is like the quality of meat. So there are like can be a lot of xenoestrogens and really poor quality commercial meat and like animal products. So again, paying attention to that and looking for those solutions where you can, or limiting certain things or making some adjustments just to kind of reduce that stress off the body and give it that opportunity to catch up (laughs) and get things back in balance. Because again, the body has this incredible innate ability to always be striving for that balance. So you give it the right tools, you give it the right environment, 
right? You support it. And oftentimes it will heal, right? There's so much that the body's capable of, and it's pretty incredible. Now talk about high estrogen. What about low estrogen, right? This is another kind of the other side of the spectrum when it comes to estrogen. And of course, anything that is going to affect or damage your ovaries, this is going to decrease estrogen levels, right? Because that's the primary area for production for a lot of our estrogen. So even though estrogen can be produced elsewhere in the body, that's going to be kind of the key kind of area for a lot of women. And the most common factor that really like affects that is going to be age, right? As we age, going through menopause and stuff, this is where the function of our ovaries decreases and therefore estrogen levels decrease. That being said, if we're also stressing out our body, overburdening our body, have thyroid disorder, low functioning pituitary gland, right? Excess exercise, we're overtraining, being really, really underweight, right? Another big stress on the body. Like these factors can kind of like result in like premature ovarian failure, or we can have early menopause and stuff. And so like, yes, menopause is typically going to occur around the age of 50, but it can be as early as 35 in the right, wrong environment, right? If your body's super stressed out, you're undernourished, your body's stressed out, right? Things are, you're overtraining, you're under eating, you like have all of these other imbalances, right? This can be that kind of signal to the body to be like, Hey, we don't really need ovaries right now. We're not going to be reproducing anytime soon, right? Shut her down (laughs) in a sense. So again, paying attention to the stress you put your body on because you may be good at the age of 20. You may be good at 25. You may even be good at 30, but maybe you're noticing certain things. But again, paying attention to these things ahead of time where it doesn't become an issue, right? And so again, the body gives you signs and symptoms early on. And this is, again, why I always encourage people, like, pay attention to burnout. It is not a badge of honor. It is not something to be like, you know, like, yes, we want to challenge ourselves. We want to hustle. We want to grind. But we don't want to do it in a way that is putting our body in this constant state of stress. Because it's, again, it may be fine when you're 20. It may be fine when you're 25. It may even be fine when you're 30. But then you're in 40, 50s creeping up. And you realize that you're going through menopause at the age of 38. That can be stressful because again, your body is in the state where it's like, Hey, like I need help. I've been screaming at you for the last 15 years. And now I'm finally going to do something about it. So pay attention to these things. Now symptoms, right? Again, the body's always giving you signs. The body's always giving you symptoms and feedback. So signs of low estrogen, right? Or premature ovarian failure, right? Or just kind of like the body being super stressed out, irregular periods, right? So this is where like either you're getting like, um, you have like amenorrhea, right? So lack of period, you're not getting your period at all. Or you can also just have like really irregular, inconsistent periods throughout the year and stuff. Infertility, again, can be a sign of your body being super stressed out and actually too low estrogen. If you're dealing with like hot flashes, right? We all know that that's a really common sign of menopause. So that can also be kind of decreased estrogen levels. Mood as well really affects things like that. So depression, um, you can even get increased like urinary tract infections as well from certain hormonal imbalances. And then of course, weak bones, right? As I talked about before, estrogen doesn't just affect your reproductive system. It affects your entire body and it affects your emotional well-being. And it also, it is extremely important for building and maintaining strong bones as well. So this is again, where a lot of aging women, their estrogens are lowering, and then they're also having 
osteoporosis or weak bones. And so having issues with their, their skeletal system and stuff. So again, really making sure we're supporting optimal hormonal imbalances for that. Now getting back in balance. So again, very similar to what we were talking about before, because again, all of these things are really going to contribute to giving the body the correct environment to balance things out, but really aiming for a healthy body weight kind of, again, before we were talking about like decreasing body fat, but this is again, where sometimes too low of a body weight and stuff can really like being underweight can really affect your estrogen levels as well. So again, finding that balance, not having too much excess weight, um, but also not being underweight, right? Being in a healthy weight that your body's like, okay, I feel safe. I feel nourished. I have energy. I feel protected, right? And it's like, I have the, have the environment that I, and the resources that I could create another life, right? And that's again, where our bodies are as a woman are made to be able to reproduce if we want to, <laughs> right? But again, if we want to, then it's like, we can't do that if our body's stressed out. Now, again, making sure you're properly fueling your body, right? Consuming the right amounts of calories, consuming the right amounts of nutrients and stuff, right? These are all going to help your hormones. Also paying attention to not overdoing it with exercise. So yes, we want to exercise, but we don't want to overdo it. And you can go through phases, right? Like if you do like a competition prep, for example, or you're training for something, you can go through phases with your body is in a state where it can to really push yourself and challenge yourself, but you don't want to live your entire life like that, right? It's not healthy to be at a very, very low body fat percentage for a prolonged period of time and be training at a high, high performance level constantly. And this is again, where a lot of athletes, they do struggle with their hormones and they do really have to pay attention to certain things. They do really have to make sure they are supporting their body in any way possible in order to be able to continue to perform at a high level. So moderate levels of exercise are going to be ideal, really making sure you're not overdoing it. And again, one of the best things that you can do as a woman, especially aging and especially for your bones, right? And just in general for your lean muscle mass and your metabolism is resistance training. It is extremely, extremely beneficial. And then of course, three, like point number three that you can also do is just reduce your stress levels. So again, similar to estrogen dominance, just stress is going to just throw things out of balance. It's going to make things a lot harder. <laughs> it's going to make life a lot harder. It's going to put a lot more burden on your body. And again, like stress isn't a bad thing, right? Stress is inevitable, but paying attention to your levels of stress. If you're dealing with high stress, chronically high stress, right? Do something about it because it's not a badge of honor to burn out. <laughs> it does not serve its purpose. We may tell ourselves these lies of saying that, you know what, like, it's like, I'm a hustler. I'm a grinder. I just like, just like working hard, right? Till it gets to a point where it's too much and your body says no. And then you're absolutely useless, right? Burnout is not fun. It is not going to help you be productive. It is not going to serve you. So pay attention to these things along the journey so that you can make sure your body can continue to move forward with your goals. And then a big, big contributor to that, get enough sleep. Really make sure to get seven to nine hours of sleep each night, right? On average, like, and I understand there's going to be situations where it can be a bit more challenging, right? But the body doesn't care. The body does not care that you have a baby. The body does not care that you have to have a work schedule or work night shifts. 
The body doesn't care. The body just knows, hey, I'm not getting enough sleep. So do what you can do your best to really support your body and look for solutions. Don't just justify it. Don't just say, you know what, that's, that's just the situation and stuff. It's like, if you cannot find a solution with being able to get enough sleep, then find a solution with being able to your, like support your body in other ways and support your hormones in other ways. Because again, if you're not sleeping enough, it's a really huge stressor on the body and it really can affect your hormones. And so again, paying attention to this and like, if you can't make changes in one area, right, look for the other changes. And a lot of times, unfortunately, people are like, whatever, like, I just, I can't do it. It's like, there's always solutions. There's always solutions. And again, like your body will tell you if it's having a challenge. And if you're sitting here and you're like, man, it is screaming at me right now and I need to get enough sleep and stressed out right? Know that there's so many different things that you can do. So I won't take up too much time, more time because we're at the 30 minute mark. Because again, it is a lot of information. I understand it's a lot of information. And that's why I said hormone masterclass (laughs) featuring estrogen, um, because I could talk about this all day. And I did want to do like a deep dive into it. So you can also use this as a continued resource. So diagnosing hormonal imbalances, right? You can go to your doctor, they can run tests, they can figure out like where your your like hormone levels are at. So that's going to be kind of one big thing. The other thing too, is knowing that you actually have three types of estrogen. So ideally looking at all three levels, also keeping in mind that you can have fluctuations throughout your cycle. So again, communicating this, really getting clear and okay, what, what, when in my cycle should I be getting this? And then also seeing if it's possible to kind of see the other levels. And of course, some of them are, are going to be kind of obviously more prominent for certain people. But again, like you're going to have certain levels depending on where you are in your reproductive years, right? So estrone is going to be the primary hormone in your body that you produce during menopause and postmenopause. So again, paying attention to this and seeing like what your levels are at. Um, if you are dealing with symptoms and you think you're in menopause, right. When you've, you've gone through menopause and stuff, estradiol is going to be the kind of hormone that your body produces most in your like reproductive years. Right. So before menopause, um, and then after puberty and then estriol is going to be the estrogen, um, that your body is going to primarily make during pregnancy. So again, this is where if you're pregnant, this is where your levels, or if you just had a baby and stuff too, kind of like seeing, seeing where your levels and stuff are, um, might be kind of good indicators and stuff as well. And like, Again, knowing that there's a lot of different things that you can do with your body, right? There's a lot of different things that you can do with your hormones. And of course, like I like your, your MD and stuff can give you a lot of insight, but there's also differences between having severe imbalances and stuff like menopause, for example, or like obviously pregnancy is going to also imbalance things severely or kind of contribute to changes. Um, But then there's also another test I wanted to share with you too, which can give a little bit more insight on more so not just your estrogen levels, but also how your body is metabolizing and detoxing them. So I've spoken before too, like how we at Nixon Nutrition, we are vendor for the Dutch test. Too. So as a Dutch practitioner, one of the things we incorporate with a lot of our clients is actually a, it's called a Dutch test. Um, and it's a dried urine kind of analysis. So what it's looking 
looking at, right, is not just gives you an idea, right, where your hormones are, right, but it's also giving you an idea of those metabolic pathways and how things are detoxing. So as I said, for example, like our liver health and our gut health, right, they are extremely important because sometimes like our estrogen levels are fine, but it is how our body is actually trying to detox and eliminate those. And so we can really see how overburdened our liver possibly is or how those detoxification processes are actually going. And also, again, really noticing like what those pathways, those detox pathways are actually like. So seeing where exactly the body kind of needs some support. So testing again, can be extremely insightful and gives you kind of like a good idea. But again, there's typically signs and symptoms associated. So this is again, where like taking certain test results, um, but also paying attention to how you're feeling and what's actually showing up for you. Because again, like even as a practitioner, my clients will know their body better than me. That's just given. I don't live in your body. I don't live day to day, right? I don't feel what you feel. So if you have a practitioner who's not asking you those questions, right? And they're just being like, well, this is what it is, right? And you're saying like, no, actually, this is what I'm feeling. This is what it's, what's happening, right? It is a partnership, I guess you can say, right? When it comes to practitioners and stuff, really paying attention to like all different things and like, and open communication is so, so important. So again, if you do feel things are off, if you are noticing things, if you feel like you're struggling in some way, right? Voice those. And it's like, unfortunately to you with women, we're so often brushed aside with our signs and our symptoms. We're so often told that it's like not an issue or it's fine or whatever. And again, like it may not mean that it is to a severity of a diagnosis, um, but it may still mean that things are off and you could use, your body needs some support. So again, listening to those things and just knowing there's so many different avenues to supporting your body and supporting your hormones and just how you're functioning day to day. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a diagnosis. It has to be an extreme, but again, paying attention to certain things and being like, okay, like this kind of feels off, like this can improve, or this is like, my energy is really low. Like maybe I should look into it and do something about it, right? Because it's just going to impact my quality of life and I'm going to feel a lot better. So again, voice those things, um, know that there are a variety of different ways that you can figure out if you are dealing with hormonal imbalances. And even with that too, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a severe case. It can also just mean things are off, things can improve, right? And being proactive about it is one of the best things that you can do with your health. And sadly, too many people are not proactive when it comes to their hormones, when it, women, when it comes to menopause, when it comes to aging. Um, and there's a lot of things too, right? If you're sitting here and you're watching this and you're 20 or you're 30 and you're like, you know what? I'm not dealing with that right now. Like I'm not worrying about menopause. Worry about it. Not necessarily worry about it, but think about it. Pay attention to it. Do some groundwork now. If you're struggling now, right? Again, you don't want it to be now even struggling more later on. So there's a lot that you can do with your health, with your hormones, with your body to be proactive and make positive shifts right now to make life continue to be good and continue to improve your quality. So 
that is all I wanted to share just about, you know, like 40 minutes of conversation, just the short little convo. But hopefully you found that was insightful. Hopefully you learned a lot. And again, if you have any questions, as always, know that I'm always just a message away. So just DM me on Instagram or on Facebook, and I'm more than happy to help. And I can't wait to see you empowered and learn your body and figure your whole hormones out um, if you are struggling because again it makes such a world of difference and life can be so much better that's all we got for this episode thank you so much for joining me today one thing that really helps this podcast and other women who have yet to join us is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in itunes spotify or wherever you tune in to listen please share with anybody you think might enjoy it and also make sure to connect with me on instagram at nikki Clark. until next time